Alright, we're good. Welcome, B Rooks, to the pod. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. How you how you been lately? Um, been doing pretty well. Yeah, you enjoying this year? Uh it's it's been it's been a pretty tough year so far, but uh yeah. I'm hoping twenty twenty three is a little better. Yeah. 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 Anything you're any goals for the year? Any goals? Um well probably gonna Try to lift a little more, you know. Oh, yeah. You've been getting in the gym. Yeah. Prepare for uh, football next year. Yeah. You hoping to play at all? Yeah, I am. Because you didn't to... really do a whole lot of that this year. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I am hoping to uh, play at all next year. Yeah. What positions? Uh, I think I'm going all in on linebacker. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of, one of the main things holding me back at O-line is that I just have no idea how to pull. Like, I was, oh, I was running into people. Yeah. yeah. When we first started doing that, that's, like, the scariest part of playing line. Because yeah. you don't really know what's going to happen, whether the linebacker or safety is going to come up and just kill you. But that's yeah. kind of part of it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, I feel like you sort of have an advantage over guys like me, though, because your height, like, it's so much harder being tall. Yeah. Like, really tall on the line. Because, you, you know, it's low man wins. Yeah. It's it's harder to get lower. You're taller. Yeah. Also, um, this isn't talked about a whole lot, but uh, you're, you're a little le- less uh, visible yeah. behind the rest of the line when you're pulling. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah. You just pull out. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's another topic. Do you yes. think yourself a political man? Um... <clears throat> It depends. Uh, I, I have some core values that I that I do value. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, but I'm I'm not a political fanatic. Yeah. To one side or the and other. I think uh, core values are important to have. Yeah. Definitely. Um, things that you know hold true to you that you know you can think back to every day, get through the day. Yeah. Uh, try and be a good person. Definitely. You want to share some of those values? Um. Well, definitely individual liberties. Mm-hmm. If if there was a viable libertarian candidate in the next election, I would vote. For, I would vote for him. But mm-hmm. uh, it's we have a two party system, so yeah, and it's I not think happen. I think there's a lot of. I don't want to say this, but I feel like there's a lot of like downsides to having to align your perspectives within a two party system. Yeah. That we've seen the effects of that and how, you know, there's so much conflict on either side. Yeah. The polarization is just... It's crazy. Dreadful. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that's, you know, it makes enemies out of people that shouldn't be enemies. Like, at the end of the day, I don't really care. It's like, why do you care? Yeah. You know, and people just don't have conversations anymore. And that's... You know, that's an issue, right? Like, if you have an opinion, that's fine. It's your opinion. But at least we can talk about it. Yeah. And um, another thing, you know, free speech. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, people should be able to have civil conversations without, you know, I don't know, giving into the fanaticism of how, how polarized our uh, country has become. Yeah. Like being labeled as soon as you, you know, sit down and say something. Yeah, you can just be told to shut up, and because people disagree with you, you'll go along with it. It's like we're losing some of that like 
arguability that's so important to like the path to improve things yeah really like um i i feel like some of the labeling mentality that you were talking about i feel like that goes a little bit hand in hand with identity politics yeah yeah Yeah, there's a lot of like i don't know i mean i think at the end of the day we've improved a lot right but you gotta keep thinking about how to improve more you can't get stuck in you know the same conflicts the same things you gotta think about like pride and intellect right thinking and ideas and stuff i feel like we've lost that like it's cool now to not try in school like what's the point in that like i i I don't uh i don't know this uh this current generation is a not not very well motivated. Yeah, I I'm, I mean, also, <clears throat> the internet. We'll see a lot of effects of the internet. Terrible. Years on. Yeah. Um, are you you on, like, TikTok and that type of stuff? Um, well, I go as far as Instagram and Snapchat, but I, did, I don't have TikTok. Because mm-hmm. me, no, I, I scroll for hours sometimes on Instagram. I have a terrible attention span, and I, I can't focus barely, so... Uh, I think if if I downloaded TikTok, it would just end me academically, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, have you read, like, I think it's kind of crazy, like, their terms of service and the data that they collect from your phone. Oh, it's awful, yeah. Yeah, have you seen that bit on, like, Joe Rogan where he, he looks at the terms of service? I kind of watched that, and I was just like, yeah, this is kind of crazy. But then again, every other service probably does that too, right? Yeah. I feel like we're <clears> singling out. TikTok because it's Chinese owned and yeah, operated, it but is. it's like all other social medias are also collecting that data. Yeah, I guess uh, the the difference is uh, you know that data goes straight to the Chinese government. Like our data gets sold for advertising purposes mainly, and it also goes to the U.S. government. Uh, but you know what's really funny is how um, TikTok is actually banned on the employees of. Uh, on the devices oh, of federal yeah. employees, yeah. So if you yeah. work for the government, you cannot have TikTok downloaded. Yeah. Do you think that's a good rule? I do, because, you know, it's a national security threat at this point. Yeah. I, I don't think that anyone in the U.S. should be able to have... I, I think it should be banned in the U.S., honestly. Yeah, didn't... Um, that that law got rejected, though, right? Or yeah. Like that, that got rejected. I think around uh, 2020, maybe a little earlier or later, just around then. Mm-hmm. Uh bill was proposed i guess and that would have banned tiktok in the u.s but that did not go through yeah and um on the subject of like um 2020 2021 couple crazy years yeah crazy years yesterday was the anniversary of the you know raiding in the capital that happened and you know all the horrible things that went down during that period um you want to talk about that at all um, well, uh, I, I don't want to get too far into conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. but, uh, I think just recently, like a week ago, maybe, uh, there was a federal agent, actually a federal agent's text messages got, re- uh, released that implicated him in organizing the January 6th, uh, rating of the Capitol building, so... Wow. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that the wake of that still is impacting us today. You know, the people 
you know, still the arrests are happening and that type yeah. of stuff. And um, I think that event is a lot more important than, you know, our generation, the youth has like given it credit for. Yeah. Because, you know, nothing like that has really happened throughout the U.S. history to that, you know. It's a big level. deal. Yeah. yeah, it is a big deal. And we kind of look past that and the effects that it's had on, you know, furthering that polarization. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, I don't know, those two years were were crazy, two, two or three years. You know, we had COVID. Insane. We had the wasps that were killing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant's death, Ooh. which people, I, I don't know, people make a lot of, like, too many jokes about that. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of become normalized is making jokes out of, like, horrific events. And at the end of the day, like, we've all done it and everyone's done it, and, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm all for comedy, but I think that level of disrespect is just a little bit, it's yeah. a little bit far, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, didn't um, this morning actually the uh, new House Speaker get... Kevin McCarthy finally, yeah. finally got elected, yeah. It took a... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 15 different. Uh, they they put it to a vote 15 times before. Yeah, I think it was something crazy like that, and yeah. I'm not sure like why. I I know because there was like 20 holdouts, right? Yeah. That 20 holdouts. I think there was a lot of demands, and uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, didn't meet a lot of the demands from mm-hmm. uh, both the Democrat and Republican side at first, but then. Uh, I I don't I don't know how he finally got elected. I haven't looked into that, but I'm sure he. Yeah, he I just saw the to, headline this morning. Yeah, I'm sure he decided to go along with uh, a lot of the demands, I guess, by uh, both the Republican and Democrat side. So, I think that it's really negligent for both parties in Congress to uh, to stall an election for that long just because they want, you know, whatever candidate to do something for them once they're in office. So. Yeah. And I mean, there it is again, right? The disagreement between two parties. Yeah. And, you know, we had a Democrat speaker and now it's a Republican speaker. And it's like there's so much craziness. Um, So I think that's interesting. It is, yeah. I mean, there's so much impact that, you know, two idiots sitting at a ping pong table can can elicit. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting to point out, and it's a good thing to bring up. Um, back to a different topic. Um, we talked about football. Are you a professional sports fan at all? Um, I wish I could say I followed sports really closely, but I just haven't found a, a lot of time to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not super into pro sports, but yeah, I see those uh, the Broncos shirts you wear. Oh yeah, I do like the Broncos. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite team. I did know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing how sucky we are. Yeah, we And suck. how depressed I am because of how much we suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, so really? No no sports? Like, you don't watch MLB at all? Uh, NBA? That type I, of stuff? I watch the occasional uh, NFL game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. At NBA, I followed it. Uh, decent amount uh, last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, li- I like the Sixers. I don't know. The Sixers? Yeah. Yeah, Joel Embiid cool. and uh, 
whoever else. I don't really know. James Harden. Oh yeah. yeah, isn't he really like fat now? I think he got fat. That I remember um, last season that the whole like conspiracy theory was that he was he was wearing a fat suit to de- decrease his trade value. So because uh, that that must be what uh, what Zion was doing then. Yeah, because he's also obese. Yeah, <laughs> he was like over three hundred pounds, right? That's crazy. Wow. As yeah. a professional athlete, that's not like a place where you need weight. Like that? That's that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of situations with uh, athletes and, and their weight. Like uh, Patty Pimblett. Oh, I've UFC seen that. Fight. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. fluctuates weight quite a lot. Yeah, and that's. I feel like that's really unhealthy. It is. Like, cause he'll get down to a really skinny weight, but then balloon up like 50 pounds after a fight. Yeah, it's insane. And yeah. it's like you see the interviews of him, and he's like. You know, I'm just enjoying life while he's shoveling three pizzas into his face. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that that doesn't seem to be healthy. Yeah. Like, you should never, like, be able to... I mean, it's a testament to him. Like, that's crazy that he can, you know, fluctuate down as well. Yeah. Like, that's crazy it's genetics. Crazy. People, you you know, normal people can't really do that. Yeah. Um, but still, it's really unhealthy to fluctuate like that. Once you yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, I'm going to say, you don't want to say this, but I mean, I've seen you, you had a, a nice transformation the past couple of years, oh, you know, God, so did yeah. I. I yeah. lost a lot of weight, man. So did you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's, um, I feel like that's more normal because, yeah. you know, of age rather than, you know, professional athletes who are adults fluctuating between weight. I feel yeah. like, cause this happens a lot. Yeah. Honestly, if, if I was like a fat 30 year old, I don't think that would happen. I think that was just. <laughs> Part of being a teenager, I guess. I feel like, um, yeah. what do you think about, like, the whole body positivity? Uh, body positivity is for amputees and burn victims, not for obese people to <laughs> to uh, justify their unhealthy lifestyle. Because at the end of the day, it is a health risk. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not cool. It's not what, whatever else you want to call it to be unhealthily obese yeah i think um you know having feeling good about who you are is important but at the end of the day right you should always strive to be the best version of yourself right um so obviously you shouldn't make fun of other people because of weight you shouldn't um you know it should never be something to make fun of but at the end of the day i don't feel like glorifying it is you know should be happening Because, you know, that's really unhealthy for kids who, you know, maybe if their role models like that, you want to emulate that. And then it's like, well, now we have a huge weight crisis and it's all that type of stuff. So, yeah, that makes sense. And I guess um, a lot of it boils down to uh, self-esteem is always good. You should always feel good about yourself. Confidence and self-esteem, always mental health. That's all really important. That never hurts. But um. It's good insofar as it does not make you feel satisfied with with your current situation because you should always want to be better. Yeah, yeah. and I feel like improving yourself is really healthy, right? If you yeah. want to lose weight and you stick to that goal, I mean, losing weight is, you know, it's easier or harder depending on your genetics, but overall, yeah. losing weight mentally is one of the strongest things, like, that's... You know, especially if you're older, especially if you are of substantial weight, right? That's yeah. really powerful 
and you know a good thing for your mental health your physical health definitely. and i think that that's a positive force definitely yeah. um so yeah i think that's really interesting um do you know anyone that's like had like a really impactful um transformation like that really impactful um i wouldn't say like a super impactful one i've seen uh i know a few guys that have were a little bit chubby and then you know, lost it but yeah there's that you know a movement right now like the gym bro movement oh yeah so many people i mean it's good it's yeah. good a lot of people get in the gym and working out and i don't get how that could possibly be um viewed as negative by some people because literally all it represents is self-improvement yeah i mean self-improvement is good i think it's maybe a small minority of people you yeah. know took that and um came over the top with it you know really ran with it yeah yeah like i don't want to say you should never be rude about you know going to the gym and improve yourself right it should be a a wholesome thing you know a community when yeah. you go to the gym rather than making people feel left out or secluded or whatever Definitely. so i think that's part of it right because the gym is kind of like a it should be a if you're in there put your head down, do work, and just kind of vibe with the people that are there because you're all there for the same reason, yeah, right? To try definitely. and improve yourself. But if you see someone that's like a little overweight or maybe a little older, man, that should be inspiring. It like they're be. trying to help yeah. themselves, right? Yeah, I yeah, that, that makes sense. Because, you know, making fun of a fat guy at the gym is like making fun of a homeless man at a, at a job fair. Yeah, like, it's, it's horrible. It is horrible. They're, they're actively... You should... You should be the most proud and you know happy for overweight guys you see at the gym because you know that's that's a huge mental commitment yeah. that they're making because mm -hmm. obviously they've had a lifestyle that led them there so it's I I can understand that would be a, a, just a massive struggle to be able to get themselves yeah. in there and I mean yeah. sometimes it's not a lifestyle sometimes there is medical conditions and yeah. stuff like that but overall if you're going to the gym you do want to try and get healthier yeah. Um, and I think appearance is hard as well because you can be really in shape and, you know, not look like media has stereotyped in shape people to be. Yeah. Right. Even if you're a little, you know, not chubby, but if you're broad, that can be perceived as, oh, you're not in great shape when really, you know, you're running 5Ks every weekend and yeah. skinny people are, you know, sitting on the couch eating Doritos. It's like, you know, that's you know, the cards you've been dealt and you've dealt with it. But yeah. overall, I think um, getting the gym, working out, all that type of stuff, very powerful and important um, to not only our generation, but every generation as a whole. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think sports are important with that, especially in, you know, high school. Yeah. Because that's, you know, I, we've been blessed in terms of our school has a really great facility, that yeah. weight room. Yeah. You know, we both been getting in there. And, um, yeah, but I think that's a really powerful thing. It is. It's a very powerful thing. Honestly, uh, I, I think that the biggest, the biggest life-altering decision I made was to start playing, was to sign up for the football team. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I'm going to be the first to admit it. I'm not even, I'm not good at football. It's not like it's not gonna do anything for. It's not gonna get me into college or anything. I'm just saying, if I if I hadn't started playing football, I think uh, I, I'd be a lot different than I am today. So. Yeah, I think 
people don't understand how different high school football is from every other high school sport, right? I yeah. played a lot of different sports um, at different levels, and high school football is mentally and physically, if you do it right, it should be hard, and it should be one of the hardest things that you've had to do if you've had a good life, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's like the physical and mental toll, the dedication that it takes is... Um, is good. It's really good for you physically and mentally. It is, yeah. Um, and you get to bond as a team, band of brothers, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of friends and connections you can make out of it, obviously. Yeah, that's that's really important, too. I guess uh, the, the difficulty aspect of it. I, I'm not sure who said this. I believe it was Jordan Peterson. But uh, he said the, the best way that you can grow up, the best way you can become a man and the fastest way you can become a man is to take on more responsibility. That's, um, I, I think that rings true with high school football, too, because you have a responsibility to your team and your teammates, your coaches, and uh, your school as well mm -hmm. to, to uphold their yeah. athletic tradition. The, yeah. the, the culture for um, high school sports and football specifically is crazy. It right? is. There's a whole culture there. Yeah. Um, tons of people coming to see you play, coming to see your team play against another team, right? There's yeah. hometown pride, there's it's your kids or it's your friends, it's your school, like you're you're representing each other in um the friendliest form of combat there is. And yeah, it's like definitely. Um I think that's also um really cool. And it's yeah. really fun to be a part of, right? Next year and the year yeah. after. Hopefully uh we can make a bigger difference than we have the past couple of years, but hopefully, yeah, yeah, definitely aiming to get there. And I mean, I think all high school sports do that too, right? Yeah, like um, really good things for connection and um, getting yourself in shape, and you know, doing something fun and competitive. Um, I think what's most important for sports is though is that you are having fun. Yeah, definitely. Because um, if you don't enjoy it, just you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, it's kind of hard for me to, to imagine not enjoying sports, but like, yeah, uh, I guess that, that rings true for a lot of a lot of things in life. But you know, uh, there are a lot of people that say don't follow your passion, follow opportunity, and I I agree with that one hundred percent. If your passion somehow uh, manages to align with your opportunity, then that's great. But, you know, if, if you're offered a job for a decent sum as an investment banker, but but you want to direct movies or something like that, take the job, gain capital, and then follow your passion. Well, whatever you enjoy should be a hobby. There, You should be able to separate work and fun, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to label one philosophy like that correct. Yeah. Because... We need people of all different, you know, jobs, distinctions, backgrounds, that type of Definitely. stuff. And if you think, oh, I'm just going to play it safe because there's no way I'm going to be able to do that. Or, you know, I'll just have it as a hobby. You're not going to be able to have the same results as if, you know, someone that put their life's work and, you know, going hard every day at something. Like, most people in the NFL, right, yeah. they didn't have opportunity they went Definitely. after their passion yeah. or they did you know what they 
that's the opportunity. Well, I suppose it could have been their opportunity. It is the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are a few days when they were like, God, I really don't want to play football right now. I'm sure if you're playing yeah. it that much. Yeah, yeah definitely. So that's that's the opportunity aspect of it. Um, but I, I think that sports are just amazing for for giving people opportunities. Yeah, yeah. especially people from you know low income communities, or yeah. if you don't have much of a uh, a chance, or you know, not to go to college, but to like you know really excel or stuff like that sports and other jobs like that and you know there's programs that do that too for academics and scholarships and that type of stuff which is all really really good and uplifting but sports it's kind of you know does something that nothing else does yeah um although i do think they still get paid a crazy amount but it's It's insane yeah it's very insane um i don't think that you know i don't know I don't know. I because of how much money they're bringing in, it makes sense because yeah. like the entertainment consumption is crazy. Like they're high marginal utility. Yeah, yeah, like their salaries are proportional to how much they're bringing in, but at the same time, it's like, do you really need to pay them one player eighty million dollars? Oh, yeah, that's totally insane. Yeah. Like, uh, it's the thing is, it's it's a dangerous to, a job. And I understand why dangerous jobs are uh, paid more. Like you, you get paid quite a bit to go climb radio, yeah. radio towers. I like them. like the guys that get paid twenty five k just to yeah. go for a couple hours to climb up those tower once a year. Yeah, definitely. There's that. Also, like in business, uh, your profit is usually proportional to the amount of risk you assume. And you know, it's the, the whole thing with Demar Hamlin. He he almost died, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's happened. That's happened before. In, yeah, in that was why I, I watched that live. That was yeah, that was really scary, because um, and nothing had like like that had really happened before. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, how does that fare for the rest of the players? Like mentally, I thought, how would I if I was playing professional football? How would I be scared going into the next game I play after yeah. I know that someone almost lost their life doing the same thing that I'm about to do? Definitely, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's that's a pretty crazy, crazy. Accident. I don't. I don't know if I would be able to go, go yeah. back out there. It's, it's yeah. Because we, as outsiders, I don't think we really understand like truly how much impact that would have on his team and the rest of the players in the NFL. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. And their families too. It's like, well, would I want my son playing in the NFL or football at all for that matter? When I saw this guy almost die, it's yeah. like that, that harkens back to the fact that you know, the profit you make is directly proportional to the risk you assume. So, in the NFL, if you play in the NFL for long enough, you will be injured many, many times. You you will have uh, muscles torn. You'll get concussions. You'll develop uh, some pretty bad symptoms, actually. And that's uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's comes with the comes with the industry. Yeah, and so. I mean, there's a lot of stories of players after they played in the NFL having a lot of mental health issues and that yeah. type of stuff. Um, and this science has come out, like, so recently about the concussions oh, and that type of stuff. It's like we knew something was wrong for a long time, but they didn't really know. Did you watch the concussion, the movie? Is that what it's called? It's yeah. called Concussion, I think. I have not, sure. but I, I need to watch that. Yeah, it so. was... Um, I, I remember the NFL tried to have it 
taken down, I think. Because, wow. Um, wow. But it was, um, it was really scary. Like I was yeah. watching, it's kind of like, they had one scene where the guy had like a brain in a, in a jar, like oh. saline fluid. Yeah. Um, and then he just kept shaking it. And that, that scared me the most. That was, that was horrific. Yeah. I was like, he said, that's what happens when you get hit in the head playing football. Yeah, and then he's continuously shaking it. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, that's not supposed to be natural. It's not supposed to how it's happened. But. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, you know, the fluid in your, in your skull is re- really dense. So keeps mm-hmm. your brain from moving a lot, around a lot. But they, they found it's a lot less force than, than uh, it was previously thought to give you a concussion. You don't oh, even yeah. have to get hit in the head. Yeah, I am. Um, you can get hit in the chest and get a yeah. concussion. Um, cause I mean, anything really like just cause it's, it's like the shaking. I don't know if it's necessarily the impact. It's just yeah. anything that offsets, um, anything in your brain. Yeah. Um, I got a con- a pretty bad concussion from hitting my head on a soccer goalpost, hmm. you know, like I actually fell back into it. So that's, that's like definitely can cause a concussion. Definitely. I feel like, um, hitting in the back of the head more often results in a concussion than you know if you're like heading a soccer ball yeah. with a part of your forehead it's probably like because that's like a harder piece it's, yeah piece of bone basically. yeah i guess back of your head you still got that uh you know the flat spot or whatever from when you were an infant yeah and so a lot of people have that because uh your your as a as an infant your brain is exposed it's like sticking out of your skull a little bit Really? Back of your head, yeah, it's under your skin. There, that's why there's so uh, there's basically a hole in your skull when you're an infant that allows the the growth of uh, the rest of the things in in, in and yeah. around the head. So yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and that spot's a little softer as an adult too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. It does, yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean, I I I thought that the statistic of you know there's way more concussions in soccer or European football than there are in American football was really interesting. But now it sort of makes sense because, you know, using the head is like more a part of the game than it is in football now. And there's no protection to that, obviously. Yeah. Like in, in American football, it's, uh, you're usually frowned upon to lead with your head. Yeah. I mean, it's a penalty now. It's targeting. You're not allowed to do it. Definitely. Then in, uh, you know, football, as, as some people call it, uh, soccer. You, it's it's a part. It is a it's a part of the game. It's a viable and often encouraged strategy to hit mm-hmm. the ball with your head. So, yeah, that and that definitely leads to more concussions. Yeah. I don't know what I think. Hockey would probably oh, be wow. yeah. after that. I know um, Riley. Yeah. Um, he's told me about you know he's had a couple of concussions. Um, I can imagine. And I mean he's playing high level hockey. Um, I think Thomas is playing high level hockey as well. I'm yeah. not sure, yeah. but I think that's a very violent sport as well. Definitely. Um, I don't. I'm surprised why there aren't as many concussions in uh, in rugby. Oh yeah. Because they they really have you watched rugby at all? Um, I have not watched rugby. They it looks pretty they bad, like though. find an amazing way to not hit each other's heads. Yeah. It's like crazy watching it it's because i guess the tackling form um and what they teach is all 
legs, torso, and lower. So it's kind of crazy. Like that would probably be very painful, obviously, because if you no pads, like yeah. the amount of bruises you get must be insane. Oh, but yeah, they just don't have that many concussions. Yeah. I think that that's kind of crazy. Uh, there's that. I feel like um, I don't know if this is considered in the whatever statistic they use to measure concussions. If it's if it's the uh, I'm not going to say per capita within the sport, but if it's the amount of concussions per player usually in their career, that seems like it would be a better way to measure the level of concussions than, you know, my guess as to why hockey and yeah. rugby don't have as many concussions is because it's they're just not as popular sports. So there's not as many players. If I guess if, if that metric is just the total number of concussions within the mm-hmm. sport, yeah, it I makes sense that saying. soccer would have the most because it's the most played sport. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it's so hard to measure that. It is. Because yeah. concussions, they can be undetected. They can be overlooked. They can not be recorded because you want to play, right? Right. And, you know, this thing with Tua? Yeah. Um, it's like his second or third concussion wow. this year. Yeah. Right? And, and each one, you know, can get worse. Each one can have worse effects. And it's like, well, how does he mentally prepare how does he think now that he's, you know, had that happen a couple of times? Yeah, I think um, a lot of that is, didn't, didn't he go back to football after like a week? Yeah, I mean, like he had concussion. the first concussion where he, yeah. he couldn't even move, right? Like yeah. his, his like neuron function was not normal. He couldn't move his legs. And you see that happen a lot with like bad concussions in the NFL. That's happened a couple of times this year. Yeah. Um. And then he probably had more mild the second time because after you've had that first concussion, if you don't give it enough time or, you know, just in general, the second one can come easier, can come harder. Yeah. Pause. Um. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just. Like, yeah. Okay. Let's just settle down. Yeah. Just settle down. You need some ASMR there? I guess so, yeah. No, not at all. No, we had Benya. We had Benya yeah. do that. Oh, um, I can only imagine what that oh, was like. Oh, gosh. He, um, he talked about Bob's Burgers a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I suppose, what TV shows are you watching right now? TV shows. Um or movies, anything of that nature. Big into movies. I guess in terms of TV shows right now, I'm still trying to get through Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I um, I don't know. Very unpopular opinion, but I I watched like the first three episodes of Breaking Bad, and then I just left it. It's uh, it's pretty slow, slow yeah. burn. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big uh, drug storyline type of guy. You know the uh, yeah. the the cop or. Uh, you know, the shows that follow those units, like NCIS yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I'm not big into those those types of things. Yeah, I think uh, what Breaking Bad got so much of its, its praise was the uh, the writing and the cinematography. Vince Gilligan did just an amazing job. Yeah, that. yeah and I've, the story itself is pretty interesting. Um, it's definitely something that like wasn't expressed in that way before. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's what most popular things are now is new stuff that's really never been expressed in the way that it's expressed before yeah um 
And there are exceptions to that. Like the the Wednesday show. Have you seen that on Netflix? I watched an episode or two and found it thoroughly uncaptivating. Mildly disturbing. Mm. Yeah, basically. I, I mean, from the first scene, she like tried to kill a couple people, so it's kind of yeah, um, kind of crazy. But um, that's that's something that's already been. It's a story that's been told. A that's been told times, a yeah. thousand times with the Adams family stuff, but it's still done in a different way. Yeah. Right, like they've never really followed a single character like that before, and also, I guess yeah. it's with elements of this new time period and that type of stuff, right? Because all yeah. the Adams family stuff, there there hasn't been much of that to where, you know, it's in like a high school setting with twenty yeah. first century kids. Yeah, yeah. I so the, I think that's pretty interesting, and like yeah. the the Percy Jackson show, I have been. Looking forward good. to that. Um, um, yeah, and I think that's going to be good. Hopefully. I hope yeah. that's good. Because they've never done a TV show of it before. They did the movies, which I thought were better than people said they they were and gave credit for. I hope that they, they don't biff that and uh, yeah. do a Rings of Power situation. Yeah. Good. I mean, it's horrible. Like, if you're going to go off... A franchise that's already been so developed, you have to innovate and make it better. Yeah. Right? You can't, you know, make things worse. Like, if they're going to put out something new for Harry Potter, like the Fantastic Beasts stuff. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible, but I don't think it killed Harry Potter because it was different enough to where, you know, it's in the same universe, but it doesn't have, like, that much impact on the storyline. If if anyone killed Harry Potter it was J.K. Rowling. Um I think going back as well and saying stuff about the story is a little weird. Like Definitely. this it's happened in Harry Potter, it's happened in Star Wars, that type of stuff where the person that directed it will come come out later and say, Oh, well that character actually meant this yeah, or that character is this. It's like it's... you can't just remake the story just maybe for new adaptations of it or to go back and seem better than you were. Yeah. Because you probably didn't mean that when you actually wrote it. No, it's definitely like, not. Yeah. 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 But I, I never really uh, got into the Star Wars too much. I remember uh, I watched the whole thing on a plane ride. Yeah. The, like like five movies on a plane ride. One plane ride. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. Of Star Wars? Star Wars, yeah. 100%. It's a... Uh, it's a good story. Uh, it's it's fundamentally... Um, pe- people tend to tie it up with science fiction, but it's it's more of a fantasy story than that, I guess. Well, mm-hmm. That's one of the main draws, It's is the fact that it's able to do that within its, uh, within its setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the risk of sounding like just an absolutely massive nerd... Um, <laughs> don't worry, I, I don't think uh, that's much of a risk. We already know you are. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I got pretty mad when they uh, when they made the uh, the the old canon that they wrote invalid. Yeah, the, the extended universe. They they just said nope, not nothing in the books or the games like ever happened. Yeah, and they came out with like the the trilogy yeah. like seven, eight, nine. Oh god, and it was like terrible. just weird. Yeah, seven Very seven weird. was decent. Eight and nine. Yeah, was just no, trash, honestly, yeah. I I thought that 
that was not a bad movie. Yeah. And I think The Mandalorian was well done and well put together. Very good, yeah. Um, but, <clears throat> a little voice crack there. Um, the yeah. other movies in this Andor TV show that they've put out has been yeah. horrible. Just yeah. not very good. Honestly, a lot of people thought of Disney as too big to fail before. I think they're starting no, to fail. No, they are failing. They're definitely because failing. Because they're, yeah. they're, they have so much money that it doesn't matter what they create anymore. To, to them, it doesn't matter what they create anymore. Yeah. And they are too busy worrying about, um, you know, people's perspectives to write a good story, a good captivating story like all these movies that come out now they're all like the disney channel that we grew up with was really good Amazing, it was it was great we yeah. don't we don't understand like those live action tv shows as much as you know i don't want to admit it you know the uh the austin and alleys the jesse's oh, yeah, that type of totally. stuff that that was for kids at our time, that was pretty good TV. It was amazing. Um, and like Tom and Jerry, oh, that yeah, type of stuff. Totally. Those cartoons, really good. Cartoon Network was good at that time. Um, and now it's horrible. It's like what is terrible. Puppy Dog Pals or like this, this, this stuff? <laughs> wow. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I miss a uh, regular show. I mean, that was yeah. just, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah that's, that was Cartoon Network, right? It was uh, innovative, I would oh, say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In terms a lot of, of that uh, stuff was. In terms of movies, uh, I have a list that I'd like you to watch. Uh, some okay. homework. Uh, some homework? Yeah, homework. Uh, some some of the best movies of all time, in my opinion, are uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, okay, I've seen it. It's amazing, yeah. Amer- seen it. American Psycho. I've uh, seen that too. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. You <laughs> you say him, I'll say if I uh, haven't seen him. Donnie Darko? I don't think I've seen uh, that. Well, that's my favorite movie of all time. You have to watch Donnie Darko. It's so What amazing. is Donnie Darko? The plot is so um, unique and convoluted that if I gave you any details of how the story ends up, it would spoil the entire thing. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Yeah. Also, like A Clockwork that. Orange. Just, I don't think I've seen that either. It's amazing. It's uh, That sounds a little weird. Uh, it's very weird. It's super weird, but it sends a really potent message about... Uh, Oranges that can tell time? <laughs> I wish, I wish. That's a good idea. Someone should make. Uh... No, no, no. Never mind. That's no. a bad idea. No yeah. one, no one should make that. Yeah. Uh, so, Clockwork Orange, uh, very good. It's um, it tells a story that's really just insanely ahead of its time. It came out in 1973, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe someone correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, it's that was way ahead of its time. Yeah. So. Um. I feel like a lot of movies now are not having that same, like, fire or, like, the interesting nature that they did throughout that generation of movies. Oh, like, totally. Like, the, the 2000s, early 2010s, those movies were so good, You're right? You had the Pirates of the Caribbean, that type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, those types of movies. Cars. Yeah. They were really good. That was just a really good cinematic era. Yeah. Of things. The early 2000s and the late 90s. That was the best year. That was the best era yeah. for movies. So yeah. many movies. Because that's when the MCU had just started as well. Yeah. And right, this first, the MCU, it's killing me inside it's what terrible. they're doing. It's oh killing me inside. Because it ended, I would say, with maybe the second Tom Holland Spider-Man, Far From oh, Home. Yeah. After that, all downhill. Yeah. It's all sucked. Definitely. It's all been 
too feelings oriented that they don't want to create new storylines and have you know comedy and an interesting nature to it definitely um you know but that first 20 years was insane it was yeah. right like that's those moments were crazy yeah um but now, I mean, we still have some good movies, right? I think like there's a few. Good the movies. the Knives Out movies are definitely interesting. I think they'll be they'll be that. definitely watchable. Yeah. For uh, for years to come. I'm pretty distraught that Netflix bought that franchise oh, though, because yeah. uh, that that harkens back to the erasure of uh, mid budget movies. They don't exist anymore. Yeah, everything's big budget. Yeah. It's either big budget. Or like Sundance Film Festival. No one's ever heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but what's interesting is now there's a whole set of things that are Sundance Film Festival yeah. that are being enjoyed, like Squid Game. Oh, that was yeah. extremely low budget. Yeah. But that was crazy. Like, and everyone knows what that is now. But yeah. that was low budget. But most of the things that Netflix makes, that Amazon Prime makes, they're exactly. so high budget. And. It's because you, you have to tell a neutral good versus evil story to appeal to the Chinese market. Because, no, I'm serious. A lot of the shit is uh, censored. There. Like, oh, if it's and a, a lot of countries. If it's like, a narrative that's anti-authority, it's not going to fly in China. Yeah, and you can't even represent a lot of themes in real life. Yeah, definitely. Like um, homosexuality, yeah. that'll get banned in a lot of markets. Yeah. But, you know, Middle Eastern movie markets... Um, Asian movie markets, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's you know a, a key theme in real life, and it has been throughout all of human oh, history. Yeah. It's like, how do you expect to just censor that and not represent it in film? You can't all? tell a captivating story anymore. This part part yeah. of this is because of uh, mid-budget movies not being able to appeal to the, chi- the Chinese market because usually, you know, they use a medium budget size to tell a captivating story that's character-driven and well-written. Uh, well, you can't do that anymore because if, if it's anti-authority in any sense, it, it won't mm-hmm. fly in foreign markets, uh, which, you know, are bigger than the U.S. So, yeah, yeah, because because there's that sort of market appeals globally, whereas in the U.S., there's still a lot of people that, you know, you don't even go see movies or you use a different service that's not Netflix yeah, or something like that. Right. There's so much media. There's so much to consume there's such like a big or wide amount of products here that it doesn't have the same importance that it does in a smaller country or in a country that has a smaller media you know market yeah honestly um i definitely think like if if someone could tell me of some uh more recent movies that they would consider uh really good in, in this era, uh, please tell me. But I, I think the the last good movie that was made was Joker, twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's that was that was really. I think that's an interesting, really interesting take on like it is, yeah. the mental health. Like, there's such a darkness portrayed in that movie. Yeah. I think that Batman did that as well. That was a good movie. Yeah, yeah. That was a really interesting take on Batman, and we talked about that Definitely. in the first couple podcasts. Like that was. That was a good movie that did something different. Yeah. Um, and movies are getting longer, too, which is interesting. Uh, I, well, the movies I watch might be just extra long. but uh, I, I feel like I, I a three-hour movie wasn't really common oh, when we were oh. younger. Right? Yeah. They were all an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. And then they've gradually increased. You know, and Then you had two-and-a-half-hour movies, and now 
There's a lot of three-hour movies. Yeah, because the, the only goal of a, a modern like Marvel movie is to just showcase as much of their impressive CGI as they can. That is because so true. They have no character development. They have no plot. So the the only thing that can keep keep people entertained, you know, watching their movies is just to flash a bunch of bright colors and yeah. really captivating CGI. And there's not them. enough emotion. Oh, displayed. definitely not. No, there's not enough emotion displayed. Right, like in the the new movies. I I don't remember what I I didn't see Black Panther. The first one was great though. Yeah, first one was told a really good story. Maybe the second one was good too. I just haven't gotten a chance to see it. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus yet. Yeah. Um. What was the movie before that? I I'm not sure. I remember. I'm not sure either. Yeah. Well, you had like uh, Doctor Strange. That was good. It, it was not bad, but then again, again, there was not that much character development, no. right? That was so much CGI. Are, are you talking about the new one, Multiverse of Madness? Yeah. Oh, I'm talking about the, the first one. No, the first Strange. one was amazing. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. It, was, it was a really good movie. The yeah. second one was meh. I haven't watched the second one. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure it's pretty bad, though. <laughs> what do you yeah. think about, um, like, the newer movies? Like I'm saying, this year, last year. This year? Um, what do you think... What movies have you seen that you think could be, you know, stick around for a while or pretty good, solid movies? You know, um, all right, I'm going to say Top Gun Maverick. Oh, definitely. yes, that's, that's a diff- definitely. Yeah, that's a, you know, it, it may be a reboot, but it, I guess a, a lot of uh, movies have been afraid to, to portray American life accurately, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to talk about American life. Not no one, not not a lot of people in America are flying fighter jets. But you know, yeah. what I'm talking about is the uh, average American sense of patriotism. I guess uh, mm-hmm. that, that got disp- that was put on full display in Top Gun Maverick. They did not back down with that, and also they didn't want to pander that one to the Chinese markets, which I think is the most important aspect of that film. That's and the I mean, thing it, did it did really well. Yeah. It did really well. And when one of the trailers released and Tom Cruise is wearing a jacket that had like, I, I think it was a Japanese or, and a Taiwanese flag on the back, mm-hmm. a patch. Um, they, they didn't take it off. Uh, even after pressure and demands from, you know, the Chinese film censors, they, they didn't take it off and they didn't back down, which I think is very commendable of them. Yeah, um, I think uh, Bullet Train. It's not like a a crazy movie, but it's like another one of those comedic movies that'll mm-hmm. stick around for a while. You know, a good comedy duo um, or a couple comedic characters. Yeah. Um, but that was a really well put together movie, well made movie. Um, in terms of like the MCU thing, I think the Eternals. Did you see that? I've not. Um, it looks just. Terrible, though. It was... A lot of people thought it was bad. I thought it was something they had never done before. It's different from pretty much every other Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost like not an MCU movie. It's just like a superhero movie. Or not even a... It's, it's just like a, a... It's like a fantasy novel put into a movie that has implications to a bigger bigger thing. Yeah, they're just slapping the Marvel... Yeah. Name on there, yeah. Um, but I thought that was that was honestly better than people gave it credit for, and it was something yeah. different. I'll make sure to watch it then. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but I think doing something different yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's some different stuff, but like I feel 
I feel like the, the biggest detriment to the film industry was the erasure of mid-budget movies. That's why you don't see comedy anymore. It's comedy. Yeah, I love comedies. Yeah. It's like There's um, no comedies Daddy's Home, Grown Ups. I, like, those are Amazing. my favorite movies. Yeah. There's such good movies, have funny characters, and it's just, it makes you feel good. Yeah, the thing and that's is... Just, not a thing. It's it's emotion. It's more emotional than uh, current movies, and that doesn't appeal well to the foreign markets. So, you know, it also it's it's mid budget. So, a lot of the film studios have found out that if they don't sink like hundreds of millions of dollars into the production of a film for CGI and all all of that, they they won't get desirable profit margins. The film studios are so greedy that they they just won't they won't take turning a profit while making a good character driven mid budget movie. They I I don't want I don't know if I want to say they think or they understand because I don't, I don't know if it's an objective truth but they either think or they understand that investing hundreds of millions of dollars into a movie will make them turn higher profits. So. Mhm. Yeah. But those movies, the comedy movies were mid budget. They were. And they were just well put together. They were. They were amazing. I'm trying to think of other examples. I mean, everything Adam Sandler did up until recently was sort of that. Because he produced his own movies, right? He yeah. had his studio, like Happy Madison. Yeah. Or whatever it's called. That was perfect example of that. And all those movies did really well. Yeah. Like you had Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, the Grown Ups movies. Those were all really, really good movies. And then, you know, now he has non- comedies like uncut gems it did pretty well um but it's not like the same type of movie that he usually does yeah i feel like something like that makes a lot of sense i gotta watch uncut gems still isn't that only available in canada or something on no it's not only well i don't thought it was for some reason like you had to use a vpn or something i don't know but it was I, i watched it it was a little not for me but it was a well put together movie. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Seen a lot of views on it. I feel like um, something like Napoleon Dynamite would most definitely not get made today. I don't, a, I don't know that one. Oh, you've never watched Napoleon Dynamite? Nope. It's amazing. It's a it's a very very dry comedy that would not fly with today's uh, zoomers that have oh. like five second attention spans. No, it's it's pretty. It's really dry. It's uh. It's it's about a kid in like rural, I think Indiana, named Napoleon Dynamite, who just goes about his everyday life, and it's it's not really. It 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 has an overarching plot and development, but I feel like its main hallmark is that it it seems to fragment itself into into various vignettes rather than one overarching interconnected plot, uh, which which does a great you know, service to it in terms of, uh, in terms of how it can portray its characters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like something like that, it, it would not fly today. It would yeah. not get There's made. a lot of things, but you know, you never really know. Yeah. Cause you never know what people are going to sympathize with. Definitely. Like family guy, no one thought that you can make those jokes anymore, but then you realized, oh, well, if you make fun of everyone equally, oh, then yeah, it's fine. That's what South Park did. Yeah. I still faced a lot of controversy, but if, if you make fun of everyone equally, then, yeah. you know. And I mean, that's how it should be. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Because I, like, I feel like making fun in a good way yeah. of yourself and, like, 
you know, your friends. Like, that's a normal part of... It's a very healthy way to be. Yeah, it's a normal part of friendship is, you know, giving your buddies a hard time for something. Like, that's that's, that's normal, but you have to realize the line there. Yeah. Right? Like, when it's not a joke, when it's not needed, and when it's over the top. Or if you're... Again, this is more... Um, towards the not wanting to talk about it anymore thing. But if someone's making fun of you and you don't like it, but they think that, you know, it's it's just a joke, like it's okay. Yeah. You have to be able to, you know, tell someone about that. Yeah, definitely. Like if you, I feel like pretty, like if you go up to anyone, and I know you've dealt with this, I've dealt with this before. Yeah. Um, yeah. If some, you know, people keep saying something and it's like, well you know, that's not true, or, you know, that makes me feel a certain way. You got to be strong enough to, you know, stand up for yourself. Definitely, yeah. I, I, I've done that in the past before, but honestly, you really get framed as someone with a soft skin by doing that. I think the, the best thing to do is, I don't know, it, it's always good to stand up for yourself, but I uh I've I've noticed that either going along with it or just like completely ignoring it is the best. Yeah. I and I mean everything, especially at this age, everything goes away. Yeah. After a while, as long as you don't seriously offend somebody. Yeah. Um but like the dingler stuff that oh, you had to deal with. Dingler. Right during football season. Yeah. You got you got called the dingler a lot. Yeah. Um, but now it's kind of gone. It is kind of gone. I'm I'm glad it's gone. I'm gonna be perfect. Yeah, I know honest, you. But, uh, you definitely didn't like that. I didn't, but t- towards the end, I started to get used to it. Started. To I mean, me less. I don't know. Because there was a period there, and that's kind of the reaction. Like, I feel like at the start of it, you sort of didn't have the best reaction in terms no, of having not. a sane and. Um, <laughs> Saying, you know what, guys, seriously, I don't really like that. Yeah. Rather than, you know, throwing someone in a trash can or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people got thrown in trash cans. There, was a lot, there were quite a few trash can incidents. But that's, that's, the, that's a rite of passage. It is a rite, of, a passage, rite of passage, yeah. I, I look at the, the man who was offended by being called the dingler, and I, I don't recognize him. Mm-hmm. That's it's so growth. tame. It's the dingler. It doesn't mean anything. Why yeah. Why was I offended by that? I don't know. I mean, after you get called fat and ugly for a couple of years, yeah. you know, nothing else really matters. I feel like I have, I'm blessed with this, but I have, I, I really don't care yeah. about anyone. Like right now, Definitely. my sideburns are so long and people keep coming up to me like, Yo, dude, you gotta shave that. Save that. It's yeah. like, yeah, I, I know it looks horrible, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I'm trying to see what's gonna happen. Like, yeah. I don't know. What if it grows out and then it looks good? Yeah. I don't know. What you gotta give knows? it time. I, I definitely think that one should take pride in their appearance and uh, keeping themselves well groomed. But who cares? <laughs> like, That's what I'm like, I don't know. But why do people care about what other people look like? Yeah, that I doesn't don't make sense. I, I don't care about. Um, you no, know, I care about friends and I care about Definitely. people being respectful. Yeah. Um but you know what is normal or what society thinks or what people think. It's like I don't I don't really care that much. Definitely not. Um yeah. I showed up to the 
to the dance in a hot dog costume because yeah. I felt like it. It's like, why? Well, I didn't feel like it. I lost a bet, to be yeah. truthful. But I still did it because I don't really care. It's definitely, yeah. Not Not caring about what people think of you in that respect is just an absolutely immaculate feeling. Yeah. Honestly. And I mean, it's it's sort of weird because there's like some days where I'll get up and it's be like, I'll be like, you know what? I really just do not care that much today. Oh, yeah, totally. And there'll be some days that are like, um, you know, I want to look nice or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's not always because of other people. It's just because you want to elicit like, you know, not success, but you want to. You know, look nice. Yeah, you so, get that. Sort of a case like by it. case basis, honestly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I I think people should just worry about themselves. You know, if yeah. you want to look nice, look nice. If you don't care, don't. But I I really just absolutely cannot comprehend the mentality of like making fun of someone's outfit or like their hair or something. Like I would never think of that. Yeah, like, like Benya's hair right now. I yeah. honestly like. It's starting to grow on me. I kind of yeah. like it. I really respect the fact that that he did that, and I really respect the fact that he doesn't care that people looks like say he looks like a Cheeto. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I mean, I it's um, really admirable. Yeah, I had to go through that too. I mean, for years, I had you know, I dyed my hair for like yeah. three or four years. Definitely. I got called every name in the book, right? Yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> I got called. Um, yeah homosexual a couple of mm. times because you know that that inevitably happens when you dye your hair because there's that whole um stigma is not the right word there's that whole stereotype De- yeah um, definitely but it's like really dude like i'm just trying something yeah. it's like it's like who cares yeah honestly like i don't know yeah that, that, that makes sense i i dyed my hair and uh oh, yeah you had the uh galaxy and didn't you have a galaxy? Yeah, for like half of sixth grade, the first half it was blue. It was like it was bright blue. blue. Yeah. Then uh, you had that. You had the green in the yearbook. I remember it, that it's, photo. It's still my picture on Veracross. They, they haven't changed it yet. That's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I st- I think I still have a blonde hair photo. Then yeah, it's crazy. And then in uh, elementary school, that that was when you wouldn't get made fun of or something like. No I mean, one cared what you looked like in elementary school. I had I had pink. I did pink. It's because no one did, like, like really remembers that much. Yeah. Like I I can say that in terms of like who I was as a person in lower school. You know, you definitely improved. Oh yeah. I definitely have right. I am comfortable enough to say that I definitely wasn't the nicest person. Yeah. Um, but you know you kind of don't really know what's going on in the world then. So I don't know if that completely counts, right? You don't have a fully developed mind. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, I was I I was definitely very naive all the way into middle school. Uh, I think I was I was a little bit nicer. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I think I sort of put up a little bit of a shell, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I I think I would, just because. Um, time like you notice like as you get older i feel like the days go by faster faster. and it's like that scares the crap out of me Me like i miss being so like carefree and happy oh yeah when i was younger 
and I didn't really realize it. Right? I thought like, oh, my life is so hard. I have to drink chocolate milk and watch Tom and Jerry for three <laughs> hours this afternoon. Yeah. It's like, um, I miss that now looking back I at it. That, too. You know, it was amazing. And like lower school, middle school, it was so easy. Like we, we thought, you know, every year it got harder. It's like, it was so easy. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely. so easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and now as I'm doing eight hours of homework and going to bed oh, at one thirty a.m. every yeah. night. It's like, it. it's easier to do this now. Like, it definitely wouldn't have been possible when I was younger. But it's still not enjoyable. No, definitely not. But we do it. We do it, and we do it. Yeah, real. That's how it is. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> A little notification there. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I guess... Uh, you know, me personally, I think this is just, this is a really weird issue, but I don't really do homework or any work all day. Like, I get up at, like, very early in the morning to do my work, because that's the only time I can focus. I'm not capable. Like, right when you wake up? Yeah. Wow. Right when I wake up. That's yeah. a crazy strategy. It's insane. I've never heard it, and does it work for you? It works. Do it you, works like a Well, are, what, are you taking... All honors, hard classes. What 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 type of classes? Oh, uh, I'm taking a few honors classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only classes I'm taking that are ahead of normal are honors English, honors Spanish three, and uh, algebra two trig. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you don't have like the biggest homework load possible. No, it's not super. Honestly, I feel like my homework and project load hasn't gotten bigger or harder at all. Since last year, yeah, so I've, that's I've just gotten less able to. Focus. That's the whole idea of high school is as hard as you want it to be. Yeah, right. And I have chosen the hardest path possible. Definitely. Um, which you know you deal with, and hopefully on the other end, uh, come back stronger. Yeah, and with a lot accomplished. But I, I've never, I don't really have the time to wake up. Like I wake up at uh, probably seven. And I just go straight to school. Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, if I ever seem, like, kind of weird at school, kind of, like, loopy or whatever, it's because I wake up so so damn early. And yeah. I'm tired as hell because, um, honestly, I'm not capable of doing work at any other time. It's terrible. Once I get that sorted out, I might put some AP classes on there or something. But uh, for now, I'm just, I'm barely, barely making it through without permanent wow. sleep-related brain damage. Yeah. Do you, uh... Oh, I didn't realize, you know, a lot of people are definitely having trouble with their mental health and perception of reality oh, this yeah. year. Because totally. there's there's so much to deal with compared to previous years of our life. Oh, God. And I know yeah. I have an older sibling, so we've experienced this as well. Like 15, maybe early 16, kind of sucks. Definitely, like yeah. 17, 18, you definitely get a lot better. Yeah, because sure you gain like the good responsibility. Because right now we have similar responsibilities as a later child, right? Once you turn eighteen and nineteen, then you have greater, far greater responsibilities. But I'm talking up until you become an adult, like that period, you have a lot better responsibilities. Yeah, it's it's like we we have the responsibility of an adult but the freedoms of a child. Yeah. So that's this this period, right? Definitely. But then, you know, we'll start driving oh, yeah. and then we'll be able to 
handle more classes and be done with our exams and have more experience going through that thing. Yeah. So we'll be better at it. Like next year, we'll have done, I don't know if you're taking AP classes, but I'll have done a round of AP exams. I'll have gone through that type of classes yeah. to where I'll be more prepared next year, definitely. As, you know, things will get harder, but again, it's still school. It's, it's the same responsibility. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we'll have more freedoms, obviously. So. Yeah, probably going to try to take a few. Take my first AP class next year. Hope it mm-hmm. goes well. What, um, um, honestly, in my experience... I'm. I took two AP history classes. Yeah. Probably not the best move for my mental health, because that's two textbooks oh, and God, um, that sounds horrible. Two separates of reading yeah. or two separate, you know, assignments of reading. Um, but overall, they they haven't been like that, um, like test and academically challenging. Yeah. Um, I'd say math has been definitely the most, like, test-oriented and academically challenging in terms of, like, the grading and the level and standard. It's it's crazy compared to years previous. Yeah. But the AP classes, I've been doing really well in. Definitely. Um, it's yeah. just a lot of work. But that's that's not my problem. I have a... I feel like I have a pretty good um, work ethic when it comes to academics, so... Yeah. Definitely. Um, honestly, really just want to get into AP Econ. Oh, so, I'm going to be taking that next year as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to slap that on there. If Which, I can. uh, you going to do just one semester of like <sighs> micro, micro or both? I, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> yeah, it's so anyway. AP Econ, there's one semester of macro economics and then one's micro. That's good. Yeah, I would probably want to do micro, micro one year and then macro. Or one semester in the macro. So you just take it the whole year? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the most, like, useful class. I I would want to do that for the letters of recommendation for uh, economics teachers because I feel like that'll that'll translate into, you know, getting into a good business program in college. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm definitely planning on uh, doing my undergrad in business administration and then then going to, to grad school for it to get an MBA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I'm keeping my options open. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. I do think that I am more business oriented. I don't really want to go into a um, science or technical profession. Yeah, I'm not. Um, yeah, that's not my skill. And I can yeah. acknowledge that. Also, the wages there aren't scalable. You're, you're paid what you're paid and that's your salary. If you have a job as a stockbroker, you can move up and you can you can scale your wage upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like um, in business and that type of stuff, uh, <clears throat> there's more um, opportunity for personal growth. Definitely. Rather than if you're, you know, let's say a doctor, you'll go to school for a while and then you'll either get the job you want or not get the job you want. Sometimes you'll move up, um, but there's a lot less of that than if you're an entrepreneur or if you're in a company system, you can move up a lot there too. It's like there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, You know, the financial world has endless opportunities to completely, you know, bankrupt you and completely... uh, Yeah. 
just amplify your your amplify your ability to uh, to gain social social and economic mobility tenfold. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, you know, if if you you know make a lot of money on a stock pick or on on a something like that, then you know that's the capital you have, and you can set yourself up to move even farther upwards because you know money. Money, uh, gaining money is an accelerative process. The more you have, the more adventures you can yeah. make, so the faster you can make. The more money, the easier it is to get. Yeah. And that is the system, and that is why the system is sort of broken, Definitely. and why it also is better than other systems. Yeah. It goes two ways. There's different ways to look at it. Um, Definitely. Because, yeah. you know, if you're born into a low-income house, then your chance drastically decreases to um, move up into a different class, right? Definitely, yeah. Um, and that's been historically true for throughout most of human history. Yeah. Um, but, again, this system provides a lot more opportunity than a communist system or a system of another ideology. Definitely. I guess with uh, communism, if you have the redistribution of wealth, uh, you know, people have to work tenfold, especially like Stalin's, uh, I I think it was the five-year plan, broke backs. He he killed just millions of people uh, through famine. So did Mao. So did Mao, yeah. Yeah. It never works. Either everyone's poor and like there's a ruling class that's very small that has complete power over everyone. And that's a lot communism. of money. And a lot of money. Like that's the communism. pigs and animal farm. The pigs and animal farm. Yeah. Or uh, capitalism where there's a middle class. And there's a, mm-hmm. there's a big middle class. Yeah. That's the best for it. It's the most viable option. Because mm-hmm. without a middle class, either ever, either you're poor or you're rich. And generally, uh, 99% of people under a system like that are going to be poor. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In in terms of uh, if if you look at it through the lens of welfare economics, and in terms of just pure human welfare, capitalism wins. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I definitely think that having a, a strong middle class is good in all sense of the words for, like economics in terms of like the consumption of goods definitely. can be at a greater rate than if everyone's poor and just a, there's a smaller percentage of really wealthy people yeah um and that's really that's i feel like that's what sparked like the growth of media if we go back to that that like topic because that media consumption is like mainly targeted towards that class It, it, it is yeah if you if you write a story that's not appealing to the middle class it's not going to do well in the united in the united states Mm-hmm. You know, the middle class can also empathize with the lower class as well. So you can write one for them. But if if you write <laughs> if you write a story about uh, about a rich family that's uh, you know having trouble with uh, getting getting their their tax documents in order, I don't think anyone's <laughs> yeah. Gonna I don't I don't think anyone's gonna be. Um, but but I feel I like I probably would. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but the stories of, you know, people coming from nothing or um, comeback stories, yeah. um, 
I thought of a joke there. Um, they're really popular. I think I can guess what joke. You Have you seen the at the the P, I think it was Pete Davidson? Is that who it was? I'm not sure. Did he utilize the uh, the omnipotent comeback joke? <laughs> Kevin Kardashian. Oh yeah, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. You, you know the joke too. I yeah I yeah think I do yeah yeah. What are the great comeback stories of all time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's Kim Kardashian, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Because I think... <laughs> I guess you could say that, yeah. Uh, it's, it seems like a pretty sensitive topic. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow, we had this whole... Uh, Serious and great discussion, and then wow, we just bring up Kim Kardashian. The way that that happens, it, there was this Polish philosopher. I forgot oh. what his name is. You know the guy that I'm talking about. Yeah, the Polish yeah, guy. The Polish guy. He said, um, you know, with men, when they gather around, they insult each other, they insult each other's mothers, they uh, they say just horrible things to each other, and that they have, I I don't know what it's called. I think a super psyche. You know, that's that's uh. Uh, a, a, a darkness of some sorts so that's within their soul. Once that can be resolved, once their uh, competitive spirit or whatever, like that can be resolved, they can have an intelligent discussion. So at some point within a discussion between men, they're gonna insult each other really horribly. So, have I insulted you too much today? You have not. You yeah, have not. I've been pretty good. You have been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Last topic. Yeah, I'd say very important. I haven't talked about it much on previous podcasts. Yes, um, Andrew Tate. Oh, love him. You love him? Yeah. Should I have said that? I, I let's just discuss. Yeah. The effects that he could have, right? I think that some of the things he does say is very wise. You can yeah, tell definitely. that it comes from a place of intelligence. But then you know he'll say things like women are my property and he'll say things yeah, like that. That's, that's obviously, not, obviously not, not, not okay. Right. No. The, so there, there is some intelligent things he said, yeah. but it's because he's saying, you know, a couple misogynistic things that, yeah. you know, they get overlooked. So, you know, the good things get overlooked, but at the end of the day, that's still a part of his character or personality. Yeah. So you get the good with the bad yeah. and you just have to figure out if the bad outweighs the good or if the good outweighs the bad but at the end of the day i don't think um you know that perspective about women is positive for anyone especially young men but that theme of self-improvement and you know getting healthier and working hard and providing that is a really good thing yeah i think the best way to view andrew tate is as a comedian that sometimes says wise things. You know, some nuggets of uh, wisdom that he drops, like uh, especially regarding self-improvement and, uh, you know, how to get young men out of the ruts, rut that they're in right mm-hmm. now in society. That's extremely valuable. That's one of the most valuable pieces of conversation that's been going on in modern times. But then his, his misogynistic comments, I I definitely think it's a character. I, he's He's a showman. First and foremost, mm-hmm. yeah, he's 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 a little bit shysty too. Definitely, he's just shyster. 
Yeah. That's an odd adjective. Yeah, um, it's very odd. But more recently, we know that he was, I'm not completely sure if he was completely arrested, but I know he was detained, brought on charges yeah. of, first it was sexual assault, then it was rape, now it's money laundering. Yeah. We don't, see, this is the thing. No one knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we don't really know if it's true, and we don't know if it's not true. Definitely. Um, obviously, you shouldn't really wish for it to be true, oh, although God, no. because then no. you're wishing that people have been victimized by yeah. horrible acts, and you should never wish that on somebody. But then again, um, there are a lot of people that think that, you know, he should be in jail. Yeah. And Well, it's... Due process. You, you can't really say anything mm-hmm. until, until until the evidence comes forth. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that um, we don't really know enough at this point, no, so don't. I'm not going to say too much. But I think that that's an interesting topic that we can look forward into more uh, as the story develops. Definitely, yeah. Um, but I think it's time to wrap up. All right. Um, thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, very academic and successful discussion. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you ever want to be back on here, uh, let me know because I love getting your input and, uh, your interesting perspectives on the world. Yep. Um, anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I'd like to say I admire your intellect, Bryce. And I, I admire you, uh, just having a straightforward conversation without any of the, uh, I don't know, ironic layers that, I, mm-hmm. that I've seen forced into normal conversations nowadays. Yeah, so. that was my my purpose. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Thank you guys all for listening to the 919 or whatever it ends up being. Yep. And thank you.